Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Uh, today, we are very honored to have a special guest, uh, a very good friend of mine from my time on the Ultimate Fighter Season 30, Chandler Cole. Uh, he's coming to you from Virginia, which is a miracle considering they only have 2G out there, um, but he's somehow been able to tap into the prison Wi-Fi. So Chandler, um, are you here? Can we hear you? Okay, first of all, my Wi-Fi is <laughs> fine. My Wi-Fi is fine. And second of all, don't be talking about bad reception because that nursing home that you're chilling in, I guarantee <laughs> doesn't have 4G. So so here's the best part of this, Joe. You're, this is going to be a shit show of an episode. It's going to make no sense to anybody. All Chandler and I did the entire time we were on the Ultimate Fighter 30 was cut wrestling promos on each other. And I, I wish Chandler, they would have, they could have made me and you look like mortal enemies. <laughs> so I wish, I wish they would have shown more of that. Me too. Well, listen, when we thought that we had a chance of fighting each other, uh, uh, oh, I, like, I, 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 listen, I dropped all kinds of yo old yeller jokes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> now when you call my phone, when, when, Bobby, funny story, when you call my phone, the cover of the old yeller movie pops up. I like it. <laughs> I, I like that. it. But he's like a wish. He's like a wish Jason Statham. Yeah, but <laughs> we did get, we did get. Some of you trashing me to Eduardo on my episode, which was good. That made me happy. Trash you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Have you seen what I said to Zach? That is not trashing. <laughs> that's you, true. That's true. There is a scale. Uh, that, that's baby. That's baby steps. Yeah. You you said that Eduardo said that man, he 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 was on the you know season two of the Ultimate Fighter, or whatever. And you said something like, Yeah, that was back in 1904. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck did I do? <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying, I don't know when facts started hurting feelings, but that's honestly stating facts, dog. But between between that and the fact that Joe, I don't know if you knew this, but but I was uh, the only person in the house to ever meet Abraham Lincoln in person. <laughs> I remember that. Floated around. What did Eduardo figured out he was 14 when you were first on the ultimate? No, that was, I don't know if you know this story, Chandler. Did you hear what Niall said to me? And he wasn't even talking shit. What was he saying? He's like, did you ever fight in Nebraska? And I'm like, yeah, once he's like, I went to watch you fight when I was a little kid. Yeah, he told me that. We were in the I kitchen. was like, we were what? in the kitchen. Yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, it was my first MMA fight when I was a little kid. I'm like, holy fuck, Niall. And I was like, please don't put this on camera. This looks <laughs> so bad. Like, I am so old. Like, imagine a six-year-old Niall getting dragged to an MMA fight by his parents, and he saw Bobby Maximus. No, 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 no. He's seen Mr. McDonald. Yes, yeah, seen. Right. You've evolved. You've evolved. Yeah. I, You've evolved. I, I, I appreciate that. So... Chandler, we want to we want to talk about your episode. We want to talk about your fight. Um, okay. What are what are your feelings on the episode? Uh, let's start there. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I mean, I think the internet's broke, and uh, I think that everybody has stated their opinions, and I can't say that I disagree with them. But at the same time, man, if you live and you learn. You know, I should have mm -hmm. left it into the hands of the judges, and that's the name of the game. You know, and. Uh, it is what it is. Like I said, uh, it doesn't, doesn't matter what my opinion is because now I'm watching the semifinals. <laughs> now, yeah, that, but hang on. Bobby and I were just talking about um, uh, in in our last recap episode 
about sometimes it doesn't matter so much if you win the fight you had like the most exciting fight of the season by far like hands down so in a way regardless of the outcome i feel like you're a winner like there's going to be more chandler cole in the ufc there's no doubt in my mind like i will pay more money to watch you fight again right uh and i think just a mix of uh my fight plus personality i think i have a lot to offer for the ufc you know so i hope that they see it the same way that everybody else does but you yeah. never know how those meetings are going you know you never know when they're talking to talking it up and trying to uh match make people you know, i don't never i don't that. think it hurts making dana white do backflips right <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> i right, love like, it that was the only time i've seen dana in this whole season leap out of his chair yeah. In excitement, like you, whether you won or lost, you had like the most, even maybe not even the best Joe, the most memorable by far fight. Yeah. yeah. Right. And all anyone's going to care awesome. about, there's just going to be videos of that kick all over the internet. And then, I mean, Dana said a bunch of times he thought the fight should have been over at, after the second round. I mean, I think Chandler, that's all people are going to remember. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. And, uh, like I said, it's it's one of those things. It's like, you know, that so many more months later, it is still kicking me in my butt. But it, it feels a lot less worse. I think that a lot that's, that's really bad grammar. Uh, that's that Virginia grammar. Uh, <laughs> a lot less worse uh, now than uh, what it did when it happened. So I've had time to reflect on it and just kind of uh, go back in my own, you know, head. And, I've, and you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, anyone who reads the Internet, which is everybody, a lot of people was like, oh, he gassed out, he gassed out. But the props to Jordan, like, I went out there and I told myself, if they think he won the second round, then I have to put him away. And I just remember uh, I came out and I landed a few good kicks, and I was thinking, okay, my foot has a heartbeat. And uh, I just stood in the pocket and threw, and uh, I paid for it. But uh, it is what it is. I don't I don't really – you know, it even uh, – you go back and watch, and I dropped him. I don't remember dropping him. So I don't know when, I don't know if the hit happened before that, like he hit me and it kind of wobbled me and he hit me again, or if he hit me afterwards and it just took a couple of seconds before the hit. But there was some time, there was some time in those exchanges I got hit that I went on autopilot. And that's the only thing that like bothers yeah, I me. Don't, you know? I don't think you gassed either. You got hit with an overhand right. And then you took a tarot, like you dove for his legs. And that's a yeah. sign for me. Joe, especially wrestling, like mm -hmm. you're too good of a wrestler to dive, Chandler. When wrestlers start diving at ankles, and I did it against Eduardo, it's yeah, because you're just it. right, yeah. like you don't know where you are. And so, so yeah, he, he caught. Yeah, I thought you. I got, I, I thought I got knocked out for a couple of days. You know, uh, I legitimately didn't know that I even took a shot. You know, I think I was talking to Eduardo, and he was like, "Man, you had the fight. Why did you try wrestling?" And I was like, "Dude, I didn't wrestle." I was like, "That's why I stood up the whole fight." And he's like, "Nah, dude, you took a shot." I was like, what? So I asked Claire, I was like, Claire, I was like, did I, did I shoot? She was like, yeah. I was like, what? And then, you know, <laughs> and, then, and then we got to watch the video and I was so embarrassed. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I literally, I literally took the worst freaking shot I've ever took in my life. Plus on top of that, I thought I got knocked out and me going, get knocked out. I was upset. I was upset because I'd never been knocked out. But then I was like, oh, it's even worse. I look like I dove, like, you know, my shot, mm -hmm. my form was terrible. And I'm yeah, but that's, it, you know, 
people, people, I think anyone in the sport is educated enough to know when wrestlers dive. Like I said, that's because they're kind of out on their feet. It's what happens. You go into autopilot and you just do what you can. Yeah. Now, a couple things about this, this fight, some real talk, uh, got to give props to Jordan. You know, he, he, he finished for, surviving, for sure. For sure. He, he won the fight. Like regardless of whether people think it should have went to a second round or a third round, it, it doesn't matter. He was able to win. And it's a rare circumstance where I think both of you won in a way. Right. right. Like because the fight was so exciting because you got Dane out here saying that, that it should have been over after the second round because you landed the kick of all time. Maybe the nicest spinning ninja, not a bond, <laughs> back kick, whatever it's called. Some Taekwondo bullshit, which I'll get to in a minute because you're a complete fraud, Chandler. And then the, the, so there was all that. So like you really won the public image side, but then Jordan finished fight. So he won too. So it's one of these situations where both you kind of won, which is, which is, which is great. Now I want to reference that fraud comment. Why did you lie to me the whole time in the house? Oh, I mean, I am a wrestler. I Why did you, you are not a wrestler. You are <laughs> a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. I looked it up at the Cookie Wan School of Taekwondo and you are registered there. So no, why uh, did you tell me you are a Taekwondo a competitor? Can I make a statement? Can I make a statement? All the way up until that fight, I am a wrestler. And for the first time in my life, I feel like a mixed martial artist. So you were you and the world seen the evolution of Channel of the Hammer Co. I can now look at myself and say, you know what? I can put it all together. Like, and, they, and I hate that I got hurt because you do question. You wonder how, mm-hmm. you know, but honestly, though, you, you take me not getting hurt. Say I do wrestle and something else happens and I was losing the first round. So everything happens for a reason, you know? Yep. And, you know, I could have easily been healthy and lost by something insane. And I didn't. I went out there with what, you know, I was, what the circumstances was, I because I, I, I could, easily could have went home, and I chose not to. So I had, you know, and everybody's like, oh, so that's your only fight in the house? And, you know, little do they know, no, I had a lot of fights, man. What, you know, not, you, you can speak on this, Bobby, you know, not seeing your kid for, for six, you know, six weeks, not, you know, my arm injury, my, is my bills getting paid back home? Or, you know, who am I going to fight? You know, that's a, that's a fight. You know, the fight with Jordan was probably the easiest fight I had out of all of them. So, uh, no no shot at him. It's just going out there and putting on is a blessing. as a gift, you know, because there's a lot of heavyweights that would have wanted to be on that show, and they wasn't. So, that was the easiest part. The other things that we had to face in the house and, you know, the other adversities, the hurdles that we had to jump over, that was – those were much harder fights. So, uh, win, win or lose, man. I think it. I definitely made me grow as a person, just having to go through that whole experience. You know, you you said it best in your pre-fight uh, interview, man. It's a it's a whole other beast, and you don't realize it until you go through it. So you know, you was you was blessed enough to, you kind of had an idea of what was gonna happen to a to a smaller degree. Because back when you done it in season two, it was a lot worse. I'm sure, right? Like, I mean, it was longer. Uh, it was a lot more crazier. It was, so. it was it was three months. There was more drama. It was longer. But I'm also on a different point in life, Chandler. Like, I didn't need to go on the show. I already fought in the UFC. I make a fair amount of money. I'm settled. Like, for a lot of people on the show, I think there's that panic of it's now or never. I have to do this. 
I've got nothing else. I need that contract. I never felt that way. Right. You know, and I think that came through too, because I was able to, I didn't fall into the team bullshit because I know better. Yeah. There was no, like, I, I want to make this clear because Chandler, you told me a lot of shit. I knew about, it's funny, Joe. I knew about Chandler's elbow. Mm-hmm. I didn't he did. Know. Like he told me, he's like, don't tell anyone. I'm like, why would I tell anyone? Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not, I think my it. exact words, I think my exact words was we was out back and I said, dude, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I really don't know what I'm going to do. And he was like, you'll figure it out. Yeah, if I can figure it out, go fight. He like, did. He learned. He became a ninja. It was like, well, hey, shit. whenever, <laughs> hey, Bobby, whenever you get the chance, just go ahead and send me that bill for all the therapy sessions. Uh, in the snake box. <laughs> I'm gonna my new. I didn't go in that grommy thing. My new, my new invoice. Listen, of a snake you box. couldn't, you couldn't catch my slime in the snake box. <laughs> Oh, just, that's that's a look, lovely we image. It, Thanks, we treated it. We treated it as a temple. We would go to it. We'd stand in front of it. We would get on our knees, bow to it. But there was only the prestige that could go into it. Yes. One <laughs> being Bobby. That's it. You know how it was. Um, but there really is no team on the Ultimate Fighter Joe. I don't care what anybody says because right now we're just we, all we, a bunch yeah. of normal people. We've talked right, about like, that. Like for the sake of the show, there's teams, but like once that show is done recording, like once that first episode is aired, like the teams don't exist anymore. And and you even pointed out, like at a certain point, depending on how the fights go, you're gonna have people from the same team fighting each other, and that's the situation we're in right now. So like, what is what does being loyal to a team get you in an individual sport like this? Like it's drama for a TV show. It's reality you know, TV, is what it is. I can uh, I can honestly say, you know. I don't even in the house, you know, of course I'm team Nunez, but you know, I literally talk to everybody. Yep. Except I try not to talk to Zach. <laughs> he's, Cause he's a, he's a pet head. But other than that, <laughs> I try to talk to everybody and uh, the, pe- the Pensacola pecker head. That's what I call him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, uh, we just didn't drive, but no, other than that, man, it's like, you know, I talked to everybody, even the other girls. I talked to everybody. Yep. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, I go to practice my team. I root for my team. I cheer them on. I give them a fist bump, but it's like, as how, far as like be, being how, a human. How guy, dare you, Chell? How dare you talk to people in another colored jersey? How, you, you're, you're, you're probably telling them like how to win at life and at competition. Wait. No, sorry, that was Bobby. Bobby was the one who was telling everybody Bobby else was, how to win. <laughs> no, listen, here's the difference. Is Bobby was the Malcolm X and I was the Martin Luther King Jr. I was trying to bring all teams together through peace, love, and happiness. He was trying to take them all to the snake box. Shit, this has devolved. Uh, oh, right. my God. <laughs> so, so, Chandler, away from fighting... <coughs> Tell us about your portrayal on the show, like your character. Um, I learned some things about you. Uh, I actually thought it was super touching, you know, to see your your grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I knew a little bit about your background, but to see, like, to hear it in your own words about growing up and stuff like that. I think you come across as, as a real survivor, a fighter, a person who, who perseveres. Um, and a person who's a great role model for especially the people, you know, in, in, in Virginia 
And I, I, I think anyone who's watched this show, how do you feel about how you were portrayed? Uh, you know, I think they did it justice. I think that uh, they uh, they showed exactly where I was from. You know, you could tell it's a very small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, man, oh, that you know the the area that I grew up in, uh, which is called Riverview, I actually got it tattooed on me. Uh, full of government assisted housing. I'm talking about like trailer courts upon trailer mm-hmm. courts upon trailer courts, and like literally all my friends and myself. Myself, I was a food stamp baby. I preached that. And I tell people, you know, like the friends that I grew up with are not in the situation that I'm in. Uh, luckily for me, my brother and my sister, like we're extremely blessed. Uh, my sister, she does a great job. She does, uh, she like own, does her own little thing. Like she goes and cleans businesses and she does really good. My brother, uh, he was actually a student success coach at a college. Hmm. So like she, he would bring kids in that, you know, may have you know had like very average gpas i want to believe and like he would try to coach them up put them in the right courses talk to them try to guide them in the right direction because you know uh, when you get to college it's not all about like hey you know mommy daddy wake you up for school send you off it's like nah you got to get up and do that shit by yourself and Mm -hmm. uh he just kind of stayed on people's cases and really helped them and now he's a special education teacher at a middle school and um you know honestly he's probably my uh we're only 18 months apart, but he's way bigger than me. My brother's actually, my brother's actually the heavyweight. My brother's six, five. And, uh, yeah, my brother's six, five. And, uh, he easily should have played in the NFL. He's probably like one of the most athletic people I've ever met. When he was in high school, he was probably like six, five, three twenty, and could dunk a basketball. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we all, you know, me and my brother and sister, we all, we grew up, uh, rough and you know it's actually crazy because like some of my family got upset about me even bringing that up and telling that story but it's part of my story like you know yeah. like i don't know i don't know where the confusion came or like what they misunderstood but like you know it's definitely part of my story and uh i can remember those days and my grandmother that raised us let me I'll, i'm gonna put this on record the most loving woman on the planet and would do absolutely everything but what people forget is like when she got cancer, when I was a sophomore, she kind of had to go in and out of the hospital, go stay with my sister, go stay with my uncle. And while she was doing that, I was couch topping. Uh, and that's, you know, that's some of the stuff that I didn't get to talk about in the, uh, the, uh, interview just, I didn't really get to it, but, and then, you know, I remember there was a time the gym that I train at now, uh, you know, there was a sauna. There was times that I would forget to find a ride or find a place to sleep as a 15 year old and I would sleep in the sauna. I would turn it down to the lowest thing it was about 70 degrees and I'd sleep in the sauna until 5 a.m. And then I would walk to the high school because that's when the janitors got there. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's things that I would do like that, that I feel like people, it's like, you know, it's my story. And I remember that clearly it's like, but like, because I never came out and told that, or I mentioned that or something to one of my family members, like they, they, they don't know that it sounds like a, a story or something, but, to me, that's, that was real life. Like that's some stuff that really happened. And I can just remember thinking like, man, what's the next move? What's the next move? What's the, where's the next meal? Where's this, yeah. where's that? And, uh, luckily, you know, was around drugs my entire life. Uh, you know, I think I was probably 10, uh, when, uh, you know, my neighborhood, like I said, the people that was in it, I think like one of my neighbors, uh, showed me and my brother, and my, the neighborhood kids, 
was probably like nine or ten when he showed us like a brick of cocaine, like like that young. And but I never wanted to do it. I never got attached to that lifestyle. I always seen it and seen what it could do to families, and I, I stayed away from it. And that's kind of like my little message, man. Is you know we live in a town where there's a lot of poverty, and if if I can do it, you know, and I'm not the most athletic kid to ever graduate, you know, from my school. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the biggest, but I am the biggest dreamer and no one can take that away from me. And I tell them like, listen, I'm not alone. There's a lot of dreamers in this town who let their dreams get crushed. I just refuse to let anyone do that to me. So if you have a dream, chase it. Don't let people tell you that you can't do anything. If I can share anything with anybody and tell them, you know, exactly what to do it say don't listen to the doubters don't listen to the haters because you know if i would have listened to when i was getting paid zero dollars and zero cents to fight when i was an amateur if i would listened to the guy that told me i was wasting my time if i wouldn't have seen 10 years later me fighting on the ultimate fighter you know where would i be i i seen all this i told myself i was gonna make it i never stopped i always told myself like challenges you know there, there, of course there's hard times there's times you doubt yourself but the ultimate goal was always the same. And now that I'm, I'm kind of living, you know, not exactly where I want to be, but I'm going to be there. That's the beautiful thing about it is like, no one can really crush my dream because I'm going to be there. And, and I, I, I'm going to manifest it. Uh, I've, I've made leaps and bounds and strides since I've had my daughter just maturing and things of that nature. And I'm, I'm going to be there, you know, and the ultimate fighter was a great way for, to get my, my name out there. But, even even if you know they wasn't to sign me like i don't know if y'all know this or not but in 2018 i actually tried out for the ultimate fighter and uh they got me in there they done the interview and they said hey you know what if you don't make it on the show you know how else are you gonna get on the ufc and my exact words was oh don't worry y'all motherfuckers gonna see me sooner or later like that was my <laughs> exact words and you know four years later I'm on the ultimate fighter. So uh, you just got to believe in yourself, man. And that's what I want these kids in this next generation to see. And not just my neighborhood, not just my poverty, but poverty all across the world, you know, because it's, it's a problem that there there's this ain't a, you know, and I hate to even bring this up because I know it's a big deal in the United States, but everybody's always saying, you know, blacks and whites, but like poor is poor. And that's, yeah. and I'm, I don't, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not the, I'm biracial, okay? So, like, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm down for the blacks, I'm down for the whites. Like, no, nah, I'm down for the, the kids that that may not think they got a chance, but they do. They do got a chance. Like, everyone has a chance. You just got to take advantage of it. So, if anyone ever, uh, whether it's the Ultimate Fighter, this podcast, or any on my, on my social media, I just want people to know, like, it's possible. Like, you definitely, you definitely can do whatever you set your mind to. You just have to be willing to – Every time someone tells you no, you got to be able to tell yourself yes. I love that. And one of the things I loved about you that I was grateful for my time with you on the show, you were always a smile, always funny, always a positive attitude. Like you really brightened things up. And I'm glad they showed Fitness Chandler too for that reason. <laughs> because you were always constantly cracking jokes, which, which was, you know, funny. And I'm glad they did it justice because frankly, a lot of that stuff can get taken out of context yeah when it's not necessarily trash talk but it's like funny and good-hearted and, and and all that kind of <laughs> stuff what is your uh what's your plans after the show now like what are you what are we going to see from chandler cole 
in the next, let's call it six months. So, you know, uh, I had my injury and uh, I've been letting that kind of heal and just uh, taking the right steps and the precautions, just kind of seeing what needs to be done uh, for me to come back to 100%. But uh, I think I'm on the right track back and I'm taking all the right steps. So uh, right now it's just really uh, interacting with my fans and stay training uh, because, of course, that and I've realized this now. Uh, this is like the first time I've ever had like a buzz, like uh, any type of mm-hmm. sensational buzz. And my fans have made this totally worth it. And uh, of course, there's the, the turds out there. But man, when someone looks at you and tells you like, "Hey, you know, I I appreciate what you've done. I, you know, your fight was the best fight of the season. Hey, man, you're you're a beast." And you know that that stuff's just like, you know, it's like wow, like. This dude from New York is at, talking to me. This dude from California is talking. This dude from Michigan is talking to me. It's like I really have these people talking to me, and it's just it's a great feeling, man. It really is. And uh, right now, I just put on networking, engaging, uh, focusing on you know my podcast, and then of course, number one goal: stay to the grind. Don't stop working. Don't stop learning. And uh, the next time they see me, I'm gonna be the best version of myself. Always evolving. Now, I think we're going to see you back in the UFC here real soon. What does your, uh, what does your, what does your dream look like you know, on, on that end? You want to fight a pay-per-view? You want to fight on the finale? Is there anyone from the show that you want a piece of? Yeah, any paybacks? Oh, yeah. But I don't think I'm going to mention it yet. <laughs> okay. But there's a, there's, a, there's a couple. I'm going to take a chunk out their ass next time I see them. All right. I like to hear that. <laughs> There's some motivation. There's some intrigue. Always Question. leave them. Always leave them. I'm, I'm a listen, I'm a I'm a good guy, but I I don't take nothing either. I'm that that's the that's the poverty side. <laughs> Growing up, in the, I just I'm super positive, but also don't let no one run over me. Um, I feel like I'm super positive, and uh, but I know limits, and I know that some people like to push those, so. Uh, and I, there's a lot of good matchups in the UFC, you know? Uh, and I think, I, I personally think the world wants to see more than what they've seen. And my job is just to come back and be better than what I was on the show. So without giving anything away, is anyone on your list of people that you want to fight from the show over 97 years old? <laughs> you say over 97? Years old, yes. Is anyone on that list, or or uh, you know, our senior the only fight safe from the, the only the only fight the only fight I have with someone that was that old on the show is the fight to have him properly walk around with his walker because he likes to just take off, scoot booting and googling <laughs> to the house, and uh, yeah, man, I just I, I care about his safety and. uh and you just got, keeping you got a big his heart. oxygen mask on too. God, yeah. you, got, Joe, you got a big heart, Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> so Listen, Chandler and I, Chandler Bobby, and I informally agreed. That. We we will never fight the <clears throat> UFC. Our next fight will be either a last man standing or hell in a cell pay per view in WWE. I love it. I love that a lot. A show. Or Listen, a, thumb, or a, a Bobby match. A what? A thumbtack match. <laughs> <laughs> broken glass let's do it listen bobby listen i just want you to know you're walking out first 
so the crowd can like get pumped up to some get pumped up to some thunderstruck by ACDC. But then when they hear, you think I'm cute, <sighs> you know I'm sexy. Just know that's me. We just talk know that's we talk a lot of wrestling in the house, Joe, and they can't show it all because I don't think they have the WWE rights. Right, right, yeah. Oh my the gosh. Way, oh my god, Chandler, I need to tell you something. My mind is blowing. Are you ready for this? Vince, Vince McMahon. No. No, 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 not Vince. See, even more epic. So I, I really thought Elias was Ezekiel and Ezekiel was Elias and that Ezekiel was like a made-up thing to be Elias. But now it turns out there's two of them. And they're like different people. No, that was Photoshop. I, dude, I saw them beside each other. Hold on. You seen a picture that's Photoshop. I don't I don't think it was Photoshop. I think they're actually different people. And I think I think Kevin Owens owes Elias and Ezekiel and their younger brother Edsel an apology. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh God, no. Bobby, it's the Alzheimer's. <laughs> it's the dimension. Oh Lord! Okay, one one more thing for you. Vince McMahon is going to be. I mean, he's in trouble, Joe. Yeah, yeah, he's in, in deep trouble. Listen, I don't know what he did. I don't want to accuse him of anything. Uh, Vince McMahon is is responsible for my greatest childhood memories and forming the, the philosophy that I hold near and dear to my heart. Uh, when you pay somebody a three million dollar NDA, you probably did something very bad. So just let's be clear about that. Uh, but it does make way for a very interesting scenario. And so Chandler, the last question you're going to answer on the podcast, because we don't really give a shit about the UFC. We care about the WWE here. (laughs) If Vince is out and that paves the way for Triple H to be the CEO and then Paul Heyman to be head creative, are you excited about this scenario? Oh, that's big. That's big. Paul, but Paul Heyman is such – he has his hands in there. You know what I'm saying? I don't think – I think that we're going to see a completely different narrative as far as grabbing the mic and talking and saying certain things. I think promos are going to get much, much, much better, much better. But it's, it's hard for me to – man, Vince was the guy. Vince is a genius. You can't be that – that uh successful and not be doing something right you know what i'm saying yep but uh yeah yeah man i i'm excited i think i think the promo side of wrestling is about to go through the roof oh my gosh i mean if if you if you if you want to be technical you know i don't know how many people know this but you know stone cold steve austin was in wcw he got fired uh and he he actually went to ecw and he was hurt so while he was hurt all he done was Paul Heyman had him cut promos. And that's how that whole character came about. Then he went to the WWE and became the, uh, what's you call it? Uh, the finisher? Well, oh, my was, God. He was, he was uh, Ted no, DiBiase's guy. The Grandmaster. No, it was, the grand, was it the – oh, my God. Was it, it was with Ted DiBiase, though. But when he beat Jake, Jake Snake at King of the Ring, and he's like, well, Austin 316 said I just whooped your ass. You know, that was a – a mere image of what he was doing in ECW. So uh, if we can get more of that, I'm down with it. 
like I believe, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge I think that they have all the athletes in the world they need characters yeah they need characters I think they need uh, I think Roman Reigns is killing it him turning heel post cancer is uh, it's like you you hate to love him but you love to hate him yeah you can't get a, you can't get a better heel than that yep so I think uh, I think as far as like creative goes is like promos will have a lot more personalities come out in people. I like it. I mean, I hope that's the case because I want to see more of it. I wanted to go back to the '90s Attitude Era. I hope it's yeah. not like a. Uh, I, I really hope this isn't like one of them things though with Vince, like, and just my personal opinion. This sounds really bad. So you pay someone three million dollars for like a uh, to, to hush hush right. It's like, yeah, it's bad, but also the the person who took the three million dollars is pretty bad as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're gonna be in trouble either, but I feel like, you know, you take three million dollars to it's kinda like blackmailing someone in a way, ain't it? I mean, if I if I'm thinking of this correctly, I don't think it's hopefully if if Vince gets dealt with, I hope everyone across the board that like had something to do with it gets equally trialed, you know. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but then that then that asks, is it going to wipe out the whole WWE? Because who knows? Oh, facts. Facts. Right? Like, John Lauren Titus has had some stuff. Like, did you oh, he know? Does Stephanie know? Does, like, I mean, you could wipe out their whole executive board in, like, one right. fell swoop. So I, I hope this is, like, fairly personally, I hope the damage is limited because I love my WWE and I love my product. You, but Vince still, okay, so... Vince was the CEO, but even with him stepping down as CEO, he's still the owner, right? I mean, that's not, I'm not crazy, Emma. No, but they're publicly traded now, I believe, which means it's kind of a weird, I don't know how much he owns or what that looks like. You know, Joe? Yeah. I have no idea. Like, I, I have no clue. That's wild. It's going to be wild. interesting. Well, Chandler, it's good catching up. I miss you. Uh, I'm 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 super pumped to see your episode. Um, my kid, my I'm gonna come to Utah soon. My you should come to Utah and visit. My 13 year old's a big fan of. Uh, he just he just loves the fact that you're a third degree black belt in Taekwondo. Yeah, he so, didn't know that, and now that he knows that, know that, and now that he yeah. knows that, he's got a Chandler poster on his wall. <laughs> well, that's even better. And I'll you know, and when I come there, we'll take his uh, Greco Roman uh, singlet off the wall. And we'll hang up a channel of the hammer code. Watch the mouth. <laughs> hey, Joe, you want to see me make Bobby mad before I get off here? Oh, hell yeah. Of course I do. Freestyle is way better than Greg Roman. We are fighting. <laughs> we, are, we are actually going to have the first. It's going to be like the Steiner brothers. We're going to put headgear on and wrestle. In the middle <laughs> no, of the see, time. freestyle, freestyle. I, See, we're not going to fight because if I freestyle and you Greco-Roman, unless I touch tits with you, you can't consider that fighting. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, the Beef shit. King. The Beef King is out on that one. Yeah, we love you, Chandler Cole. Thank oh. you, brother. Thank you for having me.